Welcome. Great to have you guys here today. Thanks for joining us today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up real quick for our God Behind Bars guys. We love you. Appreciate you. We've been talking all month about making our families great again. Today I want to talk about making the family of God great again because all of us collectively are the church. And so God wants us to really know what it is to walk with Him. And I want to talk about taking one simple move you can make, one simple step you can take to immediately grow closer to God like you probably never have before. And so it's a very simple thing. It's found in the Word of God. But most people are not talking about it because it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but it works. It really does, and God wants us to do this next step. And so pull out your notes if you would. I'm excited to be talking about this today. And let's say our mission statement together as a church across all of our campuses. What are we here to do? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Drop the mic. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. And so we really believe in that. We're serious about that. People kind of question that sometimes, like, man, you guys are so focused on evangelism. Why? What's the focus on that? It's really pretty simple. Hell is hot, and it's forever. And I don't want anybody going there. And so that's why. It's not complicated because there's a heaven and a hell, and what you do with Jesus decides your eternity. So we want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to accept Jesus. We want to take Jesus around the entire world as often as we possibly can. That's why. So we're big believers in that, and that drives every decision that we make again. So thanks for being a part of our services today. Let's talk today uh, about the hidden key to really walking close with God, making your walk with God great again as an individual, and then, of course, also as a church. So where, what is that hidden key? It's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Check it out. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters. So he says, I beg you, bro, sis, right? He goes, I beg you, bro, right? He's like, this is this big deal. Like, you're on the inside, right? This is for the family, all right? This is for the family, all right? He says what? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living what? Sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be, renewed, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so God wants you to be a living, say it with me, sacrifice. So the first thing I want you to write down is the hidden key to walking in faith is living a life of sacrifice. But I'm just going to be honest with you. If I would have said last week, hey, everyone show up at church next week, I'm talking on sacrifice. No one would have came. You know why? Because we don't like that. We want the easy way, right? I mean, this is why we like infomercials, you know? Oh, cool. For $29.95, I can order this little pill and I'll get that guy's body. I'll get that girl's body if I just take that pill, right? But it doesn't work like that, does it? right? And so it, it never really does transform you like you think it's going to, because what you don't know is that model or actor that they hired works out all the time in the gym and eats perfect all the time. That's why they look like that. It's not from the pill, right? And then there's a spokesperson that's trying to sell you the pill that doesn't work anyways, okay? Because the bottom line is the way you get that body is through sacrifice. People that have a great marriage understand that you have to sacrifice for one another. People that have a great career, get up early, stay late at the office, skip lunch, they sacrifice for the company, and therefore they climb the ladder in the company. There is no thing in your life that you really want that you are not going to be able to get it unless you do what? Sacrifice. Anything worth anything in life is going to require sacrifice. It's just not easy. Not everyone can play in the NFL. Lots of talent with lots of sacrifice, gets you in the NFL, right? In other words, whatever it is that you want in life, it's got to take sacrifice. You want to build a great business? When's the last time you sacrificed for your own business? 
You know, it's important. You have to understand, entrepreneurs know they get paid last, not first, last. Everyone gets paid before they do. He who gets paid last gets paid the most. Did you know that, entrepreneurs? Bottom line is, is that you have to want to make the sacrifice. Whatever it is you want in life. You want a great marriage, you've got to sacrifice. You want a great walk with God, you've got to learn to sacrifice. If you're really going to know the Lord and walk with Him, to know Christ is to know His sufferings, the Bible says. His sacrifice to really walk with the Lord. How many of you guys believe that Mother Teresa knew the Lord? Can you find someone who sacrificed more? She gave her life for the sick and the dying. Bottom line is that people of greatness always are people of sacrifice. Do not confuse fame with greatness. We live in a society that thinks somehow that being famous and having enough likes on your Instagram posts and on your Facebook, somehow that means greatness and it doesn't. If you really want to be great, if you really want to make a difference, you've got to be a person of sacrifice. The bottom line is you want a great marriage, sacrifice for your spouse. You can turn your marriage around anytime you want. The moment you start sacrificing, everything turns around. The moment you go to your spouse and say, what can I do for you today? And then do it. And then come through. You'll see that immediately impact your marriage. If you, you want to turn your career around, it's a simple, you don't, you don't even need a degree. Just show up at work and say, what can I do for you? Go to your boss and say, what do you need me to do? You look at a lot on your plate. Can I take something off your plate? Can I handle that for you? Bottom line is, is that that is the key. A degree is not the key. Get a degree, nothing wrong with that. That can certainly open doors, but you want to start climbing that ladder? Sacrifice. You, you name the area you want in your life, and I'm going to tell you, apply sacrifice. It's the game changer for every area of your life. You don't put enough in, you're not going to get enough out. Bottom line, whatever it is that you want in your life, sacrifice really is such an important key heard about this lady. She went back and she went to her backyard to check on her son. Little boy was, was playing around and she peeked out and she saw her son Johnny playing with the cat, but the cat was sitting there and Johnny was preaching to the cat. She's like, Johnny, what are you doing? She goes, ah, he said, I'm having church. She goes, oh, you're playing church? He goes, no, I'm having church. Okay, okay, no problem. She goes back about her business, comes back a few minutes later because she hears the cat screeching and meowing loud like something's wrong. She runs back out there. Johnny's got the cat dunking the cat in a bowl of water. She's like, what are you doing? The cat's scared of water. She says, well, well you got to be baptized. Says, you can't do it to the cat. She says, you shouldn't join my church then. <laughs> He's serious about it. Bottom line is I start talking about sacrifice in church. People quit, quit amen me. They start screeching. The truth is, is that most of us want a faith that's alive and well, but we don't want to pay for it. We don't want to sacrifice for it. But if you really want to know the key to your faith, it's going to be the sacrifice. It really is. And so let's talk about that today. I want to give you three commitments that you can't fake. Three things that you just cannot fake. These are either you're doing them or you're not doing them. In fact, I heard about this doctor, nurse, and a president of an HMO, a health maintenance organization, management organization, goes to heaven. They end up in heaven the same day. St. Peter says, hey, we'd like to know if you sacrifice or not. So, you know, how, what kind of sacrifice have you made? The doctor steps up and says, I give him my life to helping the sick and the needy. He says, okay, come on into heaven. The nurse steps up after the doctor and says, I helped that doctor all my life, helping the sick. And he says, okay, come on into heaven. The, the president of the HMO steps up and says, I ran a health ma management organization, helped millions of people all across the world to give them health insurance. He goes, congratulations, you come into heaven, but you can only stay two days. <laughs> the thing is this. Most of us are willing to do small increments of sacrifice, but are we willing to really pay the price? Because greatness requires more of us. God has more for you, but it's going to require sacrifice. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. This is the first commitment that you just can't fake. 
These three things, you, you're either doing them or you're not doing them. There's no faking it out. And so go ahead and turn to the person next to you right now and say, he's coming after you. Just let them know right now, I'm coming after you guys hard today. You know, everybody wants, listen, everybody wants a, a good message. Everybody wants to really sense God moving in their life. But are you willing to hear the tough message? Are you willing? Are we willing to be that church that we want to live for the Lord? We want to give it all up for God. If we're going to expend ourselves for heaven, we've got to be willing to hear the tough message and say, God, I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to step up. I'm going to lean into this and become the person God has called me to be. And so those three commitments are this. Number one, commit to a daily time with God. Commit to a daily time with God. Matthew 6, verse 6. And the message translation says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Wow. Isn't that a great verse? Just spend that time with God and you got to stay long enough to get the focus off yourself and onto the Lord. Now, when I say spending time with God, I don't just mean sitting down and just praying for two minutes and then getting up and saying, I have my time with God. Because let me ask you something. If that's what you're doing, how's that working for you? If you're going to feel close to God, you've got to slow down and really be there. In fact, if you're going to pray a prayer instead of just saying, God, I need this, I need this, and I need that, why don't you say, God, what do you need from me? What do you need from me today? What can I do for you? See, we forgot who the servant and who the master is. We're the servants. So it shouldn't be, God, here's what you can do for me today. It should be, God, what can I do for you today? That's when your walk with the Lord comes alive in a fresh new way. Maybe God brought you to church today just so he could tell you that he misses his time with you. He has so much to tell you. Just yesterday, I was, I was in the Word. I was praying, spending some time with God, and I wrote down in my journal. I just wrote down, God, I want you to whisper in my ear again. You know, God has some secrets he wants to tell you. The biggest secret he wants to tell you, if you'll spend enough time with him, is who you really are what you really are capable of, what you can really do. You have no idea what God has put in you, but you have to spend time with him for him to get out of you. And so God has some secrets he wants to whisper in your ears. This church was a secret 20 years ago that God whispered in my ear. God has so many things he wants to tell you. He really does. But you have to spend the time with him. Commit to a daily time with God. You know, if, if the president called your home and said, I'd like, I'd like to meet with you, and you can pick the president you like, pick whichever one you want. <laughs> if the White House called, I bet you'd go. Well, president called, I'm going. I, I, I'm heading out. A friend of mine the other day, I, we were going to a conference. He said, I'm not going to be able to make a conference. I was like, oh, you got something going on? He goes, yeah. And then he told me a little secret. He goes, I got a call from the White House. I was like, What? He goes, yeah, I can't really tell anyone, but I'm kind of waiting around because it's going to be this day or that day, and we're not really sure, so I'm just clearing my schedule, just waiting. That's what you do when the White House calls. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is calling you. Will you clear your schedule to give him time? How long of time to spend that kind of time with God? Really? Let me, let me calculate how many minutes you spend on Facebook every day before you tell me you don't have time. Let's just add up how much binge TV watching you're doing on Netflix before we say we don't have time. We have time, guys. We do have the time. We're not giving it 
to the Lord. We're giving it to following Kylie Jenner. We're giving it to knowing what the latest rap song is from Drake. We're giving it to our favorite TV show. We're giving it to, you know, all these other things instead of giving it to the Lord. God has some things he wants to tell you. You've got to give him your time. Here's the funny thing. I don't even like calling this a sacrifice because it's an honor to spend time with God. But once you spend time with God, you may sacrifice to get there to say, okay, let me get my stuff together. Let me get alone. Let me put my phone up. Let me get away from the kids. Let me clear my schedule. Let me sit down in the spot where I can spend time with God and let me just focus on the Lord for a moment. And when you do that, then you go, wow, that was so worth it. And then you'll say the same thing that everyone says. You'll say, why didn't I do that earlier? Man, I should have done it earlier. Or maybe you're like me. You try everything in your power to do something, to accomplish something, or deal with some difficulty in your life, and you finally just collapse before God and say, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. I just need you to come through. And God just smiles and says, about time. I've been wondering when you're going to turn to me finally. I've had the answer all this time while you're trying everything, running around town, trying to get all freaked out, asking everyone else what to do instead of coming to me. And then you finally come to God. Give that time to God daily. Spending that time with God. Commit to a daily time with God. And here's the next one, number two. Commit to a weekly tithe to God. A daily time with God and a weekly tithe to God and offerings. What's a tithe? Leviticus chapter 2730 defines a tithe. A tithe actually means one-tenth. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So a tithe is a tenth of all that we earn. It's our increase. And so if you, you know, earn $100,000 a year, your tithe that year is $10,000 a year. If you earn $50,000 a year, your tithe is $5,000 for the year. If you earn $20,000, I could keep going if you'd like, or do you get the point? You understand, a tithe is 10%. And so my kids, if they earn $100 doing something, you know, let's say they work for, you know, a week at whatever, and they get a paycheck of $100, then $10 goes to the Lord. And so that's how that works. And so some of you right now are thinking, Pastor, do you understand how much 10% of my income is? That is a ton of money. Listen, I know it may be hard on you, so let me pray over you right now. God, I pray you just lower their income to a level that the tithe is not that much. 10% is 10%. And so if, if a tithe seems like a lot, let's be honest, that means you're earning a lot. If a tithe is not that much, it means you're not earning that much. And we all have stages in our life where we're not earning that much. It's okay. And so I remember I, I tithed when I was 13 years old, my first little job. I'd rub my little 10-speed down to a, a little air conditioning company that my father's friend owned so that I could work there at that age. And I helped him file papers and stuff and did that kind of stuff. And I got a little paycheck. I thought it was so much. It was like 60 bucks. It was like 60 bucks. You know, I thought it was so much money. So I tithed $6. That may not seem like a lot to you, but it felt like a lot to me at the time. But God blessed that. And then eventually I got a job at 16, working at a local pharmacy, and, and I eventually I became a lifeguard, and, you know, I, I tithed off that money too. And, you know, when I was in college, I, I began, when I entered ministry, when, I, when I, I started tithing off of that. But before I was ever in ministry, I was tithing. Tithing didn't have anything to do with ministry. It has to do with being a Christian. So I want to challenge you to bring the tithe. And those of you who are offended thinking, here we go. I come to church, and the preacher's talking about money. First of all, let me just say, I'm okay with you tithing anywhere. You don't have to tithe here tithe at every church you want to. In fact, I challenge you, if you're offended by me talking about tithing, I want to challenge you right now. I want to get up in your grill and tell you that the issue is not that you're offended by me asking for money. The issue is that you're not a tither. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Because, because if it, what, let me, I'm going to call you on it right now. Here's how I know I can play my hand and call you on it right now. Here it is. Tithe to another church then. And if you're not willing to do that, then the issue is not that I'm asking for money for this church. The issue is that you're not willing to give it up. 
Give it to another church. I'm cool with that. That's fine with me. But if you're offended by tithing, you are literally, you might as well put a sandwich board on that says, I am selfish. Because what you're saying is, I want 100% from me. Think about that for a second. <laughs> that just sounds horrible, doesn't it? I want it all for myself. Okay, well, there it is. The American way. How's that working? It's not. The truth is, is that God wants us to tithe because he wants us to be blessed. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. Because when you begin to tithe, you'll begin to see that you're now under the hand of God and his blessing. And It isn't because I don't tithe because I want to get something from God. I tithe because I want to partner with God. I want to give to his house. I want to make an impact. But also I know that the Lord always blesses me in return so I can then tithe again. I've never met anyone who said, I started tithing because I had so much money sitting around. I thought, might as well give 10% to God. I've never heard that once. But I've heard over and over again. Listen to what I've heard over and over again. I've heard people tell me, in fact, a guy that goes to our church is one of the largest givers in our church over the years. I said, man, tell me how you started giving like this. How, what, what made you do this? And he said to me, Pastor, I'm going to be honest, he told me a powerful story. He said, I was so broke. My life was in shambles. It was so much. He owned his own business. It was going so bad. He said, Pastor, I, I showed up at church. I had literally like a hundred and something bucks in my account. That's it. I came into church. I was so destitute. I heard you talk about money, and I just was so sickened in my mind of where I was in my life. I said, fine, God. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out faithful to you. Here's my check. He said, I wrote the check for everything I had in my account. I went home. Two days later, God blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. I knew it was God, and I began to give to God. And he is faithfully given to I don't want to tell you the numbers because I don't want you to be thrown by the numbers. But understand, the only number you need to remember is he had 100 something bucks in his account. And he just said, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. It took him being broken financially, being broke, before he finally said, I tried everything else. Might as well trust the Lord. He began to give, and God began to bless him in incredible ways. It really does work. Now, I want to show you something else. I want to give you a little insight into that man and several other people I know in our church. And, and I'm not going to give you names. It wouldn't be appropriate. But I want to tell you this. I want to give you some insight into people. In fact, I, I, could, I could list off 20 or 30 people that, just that I know of that do this because they, they involve me. They say, I want to tell you what I'm doing. But there's probably hundreds that do it that I don't know about, that I don't know their story. But I'm going to give you an insight that's found in the Bible all over the place, but people don't talk about it because preachers can manipulate this in a very inappropriate way. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to explain to you the principle, okay? So here is the principle, because just because you've heard it taught wrong doesn't mean it's not a principle of God's Word. Does that make sense? And so, you know, there are a few bad cops. Does that mean we don't like police officers? No, we've got a ton of amazing police officers, right? So let's not let one or two bad apples right? Just because there's been some abuses doesn't mean the Word of God doesn't say it. So let me explain what it actually means. So here's, I want to just give you an example of what I'm talking about. This is about offerings. Let me show you something about offerings. It says in 1 Chronicles uh, 21, it tells a story about David. David, there's a famine. There, there, there's another famine. I'm sorry. There, uh, there's, a, there's a plague that happens, and God's bringing some punishment on David and his people because they dishonor the Lord. And David realizes, if I'm going to get in God's good graces, I need to make an offering to him. Okay, so we're going to talk about that example in a second. Before I go into that, though, let me give you other examples of David, too, because this wasn't just one thing he did one time. Multiple times in his life, he is in the middle of battle. Okay, so just let me just paint a picture. He's fighting. So here he is hiding behind a rock, and there are arrows flying over his head everywhere. So he's being shot at as he's laying here underneath the rock. 
He's got all his warriors all around him. They're all reaching up. They're firing away. They're firing away. They're ducking. People are getting killed. They're killing other people. People are jumping on top of each other, sorting each other. I mean, it is, it is massacre going on, battle in the middle of it right now. Just imagine this going on. And David's ducked down behind a rock. He says, hey, hey, you, bring me that chicken. They're like, what? Bring me the chicken. See that chicken over there? Hey, you see that lamb over there loose? Go get that lamb for me. And then they do it. And now, if you were new to David's army, you would know what's going on. But if you were one of the mighty men, you knew exactly what they were doing. You're like, yes, sir. They wanted to run out, risk their lives to go grab a dumb chicken, to grab a lamb, and bring it back to David. Why? Because David's behind a rock. He's being fired at. He's got wood. And he's trying to start a fire. He's like, bring me a chicken. Start a fire. He gets the fire going. He's like, okay. While he's being fired at, bring me a chicken. Grabs his knife. Slits the throat of the chicken. Takes it. Breaks it open. Makes a sacrifice before the Lord. While he's being shot at. Why would you do this? Because he knows, God, I want to honor you right now. In the middle of this battle, I'm going to stop. I'm going to sacrifice for you while I'm being shot at because I know the battle is the Lord's. And he would make a sacrifice while he was in battle. And then God would do the miraculous. This happened over and over again. I just want, because we read it and we don't realize what's going on. It says, and then David made a sacrifice for the Lord. And then the battle was turned. So a battle's going on. They're in the middle. They're being shot at, and he's making a fire. Who does that? Men of God, over and over, all throughout the Scripture, in the middle of their fight, in the middle of their battle, these guys are stopping and making a sacrifice? Because they're like, Lord, I need you. I need you now. I want to bring an offering to you because I need you to be my partner. And time and again, you see God turn the tide of the battle. So let me tell you a little secret about a lot of people I know that maybe you didn't know goes on. I'll get a call from a guy. Hey, Pastor Bill, you going to be up there at the church? Oh, yeah, I'm here now. Can I come by and see you? I was like, sure. I already know what they're doing at this point because I've done it several times. I'm like, yeah, I'll be around. I don't know why sometimes they want to see me, but they really can go straight to the financial office because that's all I'm going to do is just take it to the financial office. But they'll bring, hey, I want to bring something by. Why? Well, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. i got a big deal going on. I really need this contract to come through, and I want to bring an offering beforehand just to honor God and ask him to bless this brilliant. They bring an offering. A lot of times I'll stop and I'll say, come here. I'll put my hand on the check, their hands on the check, and I say, God, I pray you'd bless this offering. This is a seed offering that they're giving and asking you to open these doors. I pray you'd open those doors. And you know what's really cool? So when they come back two weeks later and they go, it came through. And they bring a second offering. It's a thank offering. Guys, you may think, oh, that's crazy. Who does that? All through the Old and New Testament. If you haven't read this in Scripture, you're not reading Scripture. It's all over the place. Jehoshaphat, David, Solomon, I get Moses, Elijah, Elisha. I could go on and on and on. Gideon, they all do it. So there must be something to this about bringing God into your fight, bringing God into your situation, bringing God into your marriage, bringing God in. Say, Lord, I got this wayward kid. I'm going to make an offering, and I'm going to attach to this offering a request. God, would you please turn my kid around? Would you please turn my marriage around? Would you please turn my business around? Lord, would you help me win this battle? Well, Pastor, you're just trying to say to get no, no, you make the offering to another church. I'm okay with that. The principle stands. Wherever you do this, if you give it to the Lord, He'll bless you. I've seen it time and again. And so let me show you the scripture on this. This is where David, there's a there's a curse over his people. People are dying left and right. He says, Quick, I need to I need to, to make an offering. I need to build an altar. The problem is he doesn't where he's at, he's out in the middle of some foreign field, doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't own the land there. So how can you build an altar on land that you don't own? So he says, who's the owner of this land? Some guy says, oh, that's the guy right there. He runs over to him. Sir, come here. 
what's your name? My name's Arana. Arana, nice to meet you. I'm David. He goes, yes, sir, I know who you are. You're King David. I mean, it was obvious. It's like, all oh, the king stuff on, all this entourage with him. You can tell he's King David. So they're like, you're King David. He goes, sir, I need to buy your field. I just need a threshing floor. I need to build an altar. In fact, can I buy some oxen from you, maybe some sheep? And he says, oh, he realizes what he's doing. So he goes, you know what, sir, you're the king. You're the man. You're awesome. I know you love the Lord. You can just have it all. And he goes, no, I can't do that. And look what David teaches us. Look what he says. First Chronicles 21, 24. I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. Wow. He says, if, if I make a sacrifice to God that, didn't, that I didn't sacrifice for, is it a sacrifice? And the answer is no. So you'd be making the sacrifice, not me. So a sacrifice, listen, a sacrifice is always personal. It always costs you. It's great that you give your kids money to put in the offering, but then they're, they're giving your sacrifice. So have them earn money and then say, you need to give from your earnings. Or they're like, oh, yeah, there should be a little bit of, huh. <laughs> it costs you. That's a sacrifice. Does that make sense? Otherwise, it's not a sacrifice. And so check out the scripture. He says, I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. So David gave Aaron the 600 pieces of gold in payment for the threshing floor. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, the Lord answered him. Oh, that's our favorite part, isn't it? The Lord answered him by sending fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Can you imagine that? All of a sudden, this fire just shoots down, boom, burns up the offering. I bet all the, all the guys around David were like, David's the man. I mean, he knows the Lord. Wow, that would have been crazy, right? So then the Lord spoke to the angel who put the sword back in its sheath. This is the death angel. says, okay, we're going to back off because David made a sacrifice. When David saw that the Lord had answered his prayer, he offered sacrifices there at Aaron's threshing floor. At that time, the tabernacle of the Lord and the altar burnt offering that Moses had made in the wilderness were located at the place of worship and gave you. David was, in other words, away from home, and he had to find a place to build a, an altar real quick. Number two, commit to a weekly tithe and offerings to God. In fact, look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 13. It says, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Wow. So I want to show you something really cool. We now, for the first time in history, have the ability to have a portable offering everywhere we go. You can, you can build an altar wherever you are in the moment. So do me a favor real quick. Pull out your phone. Would you do that? This is kind of fun. You don't have to do what I'm going to do next because I don't want you to feel manipulated to do it, but I do want to lead you if you feel led to do it. So I got my phone out too. I'm going to pull it out. And uh, on my phone, I can actually text an offering now. And so we just had this set up now at our church, you, at our ministry. You can, at whatever campus you're at, you can do this. And, uh, and so on the screen, we're going to show you how to do it. You can actually text to 45777. So that's who you text it to. And you text whatever amount you're going to give an, an offering. Remember, this is above your tithe. You can, you can make an offering right now and say, Lord, maybe there's a situation you're facing right now. You're, Lord, I need you to come through. I need your help, God. I need to depend upon you. So I want to give $25 or $100 or $1,000 or whatever it is. In fact, yesterday, I'm just going to be honest with you, I was, I was preparing for my sermon. I was spending some time with the Lord. And as I did that, I was, like, I was praying. I was like, man, Lord, you know, we could really use people really bringing an offering because we have a very specific thing above and beyond our, our, our budget that we need to do this year. And that is that we really feel led to finish out those 100 church plants. We, we're about, we planted about 70 churches. We're going to plant 100 by the end of this year. That's going to require at least a quarter of a million dollars, probably 350 actually, to plant churches all around the world, 25 more churches in one year. And so that's a lot. We, we've got to play a little catch up here to, to make that happen. And so we're going to do that, though. Even if it hurts our budget, I don't care. I made God a promise. God spoke to him very clearly. So we're going to put, before we do anything, we're going to plant those churches. That will happen. And so I, we're committed to it. Yeah. So 
I thought, it just made me think about our church back in the years ago. You know, I've been here 19 years. This year will be, this next year will be 20 years. It's crazy to believe that. But I, I thought about it, and I thought, man, I remember some years where people made crazy sacrifices. I mean, big time. In fact, to be in this building and to have all these campuses we have now, you have no idea the sacrifice that so many people have made. And you may be one of those people, praise God, thank you. But there's a lot of people who just come and sort of enjoy the church that, that weren't here when we sacrificed to get where we are today as a church, to have the impact and the ministry impact we have all around the world. It didn't just start like this. We sacrificed to get here. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, man, Lord, I remember some days where there's some crazy sacrifice going on. And I remember saying to the Lord in my prayer, I was like, man, Lord, I wish our people would do that again, because I know we'd sense your presence like never before. I know you'd move in a powerful way, and we could have such a greater impact. It'd be great if people get, and I remember the Lord just convicted me right there and, and said, well, why don't you do it then? I was like, well, yeah, I could do that. And God really convicted me. He says, well, you used to sacrifice more too. In fact, I, I was actually thinking about, you know, that I was going to ask you to, to text to give, and I was like, I should probably do it with you on stage to lead. And so I thought, I'll do $100 uh, above and beyond my tithe. And the Lord was like, really? I was like, okay, God, I'll do $100 of service. I preach four times live, so I'll do that you know, per service. And I really sensed God told me, why don't you do $1,000 per service? I was like, okay. I can do that. It's going to change my lifestyle for a while. And I really sensed the Lord saying, isn't that what a sacrifice is? Shouldn't a sacrifice change your lifestyle? It's like, yeah, yeah, it should. So that's what I'm doing. You don't have to match that. If you feel led, great, but you don't have to. But that's what I'm doing is $1,000 of service, so four grand above and beyond my tithe for the weekend. You don't have to do I'm not, that may not, for some people, they're like, that's nothing for what you earn. For some people, you're like, that's a lot. I don't know where you are. Everyone's a different spot. But my question for you is not what you're supposed to do, but are you supposed to do anything, first of all, is God leading you? And the second thing is, is it a sacrifice? I'm not here to determine the number for you. That's between you and the Lord. But maybe there's something, you're in a battle right now. And you're like, Pastor, this makes no sense. My battle is financial. That actually makes the most sense then. That's why you do it. I had a friend of mine who called me and says, Pastor, I've got to come see you right away. I want to do something for the Lord. And he did something, and he got this massive account. A different person. Different, he got this massive account. He was like, I can't believe... I get to play, this is his words, not mine. He said, I get to play with the big boys now. You got this big account. And he, and he, he credits it completely to God. And he will tell you, he, is not, he will tell you he was not a religious person at all. And God has completely transformed him, believe it or not, through offerings. Because he had to sacrifice the Lord and it changed him. So if you feel led, you can join me. You don't have to, but if you want to, and just do so, I'm going to do mine right now. And uh, there's, a, there's a code for this, and so you just put your amount, so $1,000 or $100, $25, $5, $5, even $1. I would even do $1 just to set it up in case you want to do it later so you have it set up. And then once you send it, you just put in the amount and type the word unlimited, and it'll pop up a receipt. I just sent mine, and there's a receipt. And, uh, and if, for you, the next step, if it's your first time, is to put your credit card in. Go, you can do it right now. It's fine. It just takes a moment. Uh, some of you have your credit card like I do built in my phone already, and that's great too, and you always have it. Let me tell you why this is powerful. So I can't tell you how many stories I've heard this. The guy's like, has a big meeting coming up. It's a huge account. And he's trying to get this account. So he's walking into the meeting. He's like, this is it. This is a big meeting. And then God prompts him. He's like, Lord, I need you right now. God, please help me. And he goes, excuse me a second? Steps in the bathroom, pulls his phone out. God, I got arrows flying all around me. Lord, I need to do this for you. And God, I want you to bless this. So Lord, right now, I'll make a sacrifice for you. 
This one's for you. Please help me. Please be with me. Give me victory. Amen. Back to the meeting. And now you walk in knowing God is your business partner and he's with you. Isn't that good to know that? God's guiding you. Oh, well, Pastor, you're just trying to get me to give. Well, wouldn't that be horrible? <laughs> Why is that bad to give to your church? I don't understand. And so I boldly say it's always a great thing to give to God. It can never, ever hurt. God will bless that. And listen, when you begin to give to God, you will depend upon God like never before. You're giving, your offerings above me. See, offering means, offering means you, means, see, the tithe is what you bring to God. It never says to give the tithe. You bring what God already owns is the first 10%. So you can't really do an offering until it's above 10%. So then people say, I want to do offerings. Well, you got to be doing the tithe first, and then you bring the offering above that. And then you say, hey, Lord, I know I gave you what's already yours, but now, Lord, I offer this to you. That's why it's called an offering. You guys like my new shoes? You like them? Thank you. So a buddy of mine named Gilbert, Goes to our West Side campus. Good friend of mine. Been coming to church here for years. He cleans my cars for me. He's a kind of, he's kind of business, a really successful business. He was re- really just a great guy. Loves the Lord. He's coming to church for a long time. He called me one day. He said, Pastor, why don't you come by and see me? I was like, okay, Gilbert. And he goes, no, 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 I have a gift for you. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm a pretty busy guy, so normally come by and see me means like, you know, within a couple weeks kind of thing. He's like, no, I got a gift. I was like, oh, you got a gift? Oh, I'll come by faster than that. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm no dummy. I mean, right? I mean, doesn't the gift make you go by quicker? Let's be honest, right? You're like, oh, they got something for me? All right. Like, like, you want people to come in the door and say, I got something for you. They're like, really? Right? And so he said, I got a gift for you. And I was like, oh, that was nice of you. He goes, yeah, just come by anytime. And I was like, all right, well, let me see what I can do. So a couple days later, I, I went by and uh, he goes, hey, I was in Mexico with my wife and, uh, and, and she's from Mexico. And, and, and he said, we were deep in. I was, I'm always amazed with that. I'm like, dude, you just drove there? Like, I think I would be killing a white boy. I'd be killed. And I can't just do that. You know? He's like, oh, it's easy. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, for you, not for me. All right. But he told me, he goes, I went to Mexico, and there's this gorgeous place. He showed me pictures and everything. He goes, there's this place, and they call it, I don't know what the Spanish word for it is, but it's a place they call Leathertown. And he goes, they make all kinds of products. It's just amazing. He was wearing this killer jacket. I was like, dude, your jacket's awesome. He goes, Leathertown. I was like, nice, man. And he was like, and so I thought about you, and I, I went, I, I got all these things, and we're leaving, and I told my wife, we got to go back. She's like, why? I said, I just, I got up in my heart, I want to get Pastor Bill some shoes. So he gave me these shoes. I was wearing them all day when, when he bought them for me, right? When I, got, when I got them from him, I was just like, Gilbert, thank you so much for thinking of me. You know what's really cool about that? It, it was free from me. He, it was a gift, but he thought of me. It immediately just connected. We were already friends, but it just reconnected us. And we, and we just sat and talked for a while. You know, and I've always felt like I really love this guy and he loves me. We have a real close friendship and I, I appreciate that. But I tell you, a gift draws you close. It does. Why would it be any different with the Lord? You say, Lord, I just, I just got a little something for you. I was just thinking of you, God. I just want to give you a little something. It's personal. Just from me to, me, me to you, God, I just hear, Lord, I just love you. It just draws you close. It really does. A couple hours later, I was, I was shopping, and I forgot that I was wearing these shoes, and the guy came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Bill. And this guy's real fashionable. He's like, dude, killer shoes. What are those? I'm like, they're Steve Madden's. You like them? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, those are really cool. Where'd you get them? Like Nordstrom or something? I was like, no, they're from Mexico. And he was like, oh. <laughs> He goes, I need to go to Mexico. I was like, I know, they're really cool. The point is this, is that when you give a gift, it's personal. I want to walk with the Lord. You know, people that you love, you give them gifts, right? I mean, I do. I give my wife gifts all the time. I give my kids gifts because I'm thinking of them. And so God is that way too. It's personal. So whether you give a text gift because you want to make a sacrifice in the middle of a fight that you're in, or whether you just say, I want to make this systematic, give each week above and beyond my tithe, however you do it, 
I just want to challenge you to do it. Just begin to give, and God will open doors for you. Every campus has a different campus code if you want to give for your campus that you're going to, and that's fine. The pastor at that campus will show you which one that is, but I just want to challenge you to do that. Here's the third thing, the third thing that you can't fake. Number three, commit to serving others. You can't fake this. You either serve or you don't. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus said, your attitude must be like my own, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, all of you together are the one body of Christ, and each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. You all have a part to play at serving in your church. Check out this video. I've been serving at Church Unlimited for 13 years. It was easy to start serving because I wanted more than just a church service. When I serve, it's not just to show up at church, it's to make a difference. Church Unlimited feels much more like home, but more like a family when you start serving, because you're not just there sitting in a seat, you're there part of the family. It's not just about showing up, it's about being a part of something much bigger than yourself and about making a difference in other people's lives. I've been volunteering at Church Unlimited probably about four years. So I think that you really find who your family is um, as you serve in the church and you develop relationships that you may never have experienced if you weren't serving. If someone was on the fence about whether or not to serve, um, I would tell them that it's a win-win situation. There is no way you can lose by serving. It's always um, going to be something that you're rewarded for. But I just say, like, jump in and do it. You, you can't lose. You can't lose. You really can't. Serving others. When you begin to serve others, it changes everything. You want to impact the bottom line in your company, serve your customers more. Give them more than they even asked for. You want to impact your marriage immediately and turn it around? Serve your spouse. Just, just show up and say, you don't have to have some secret formula to romance. Just show up and say, what can I do for you today? And then do it. And they will appreciate that. You want to change your relationship with your kids? Serve them. You want to really begin to understand how to grow deeper with the Lord and really connect to the church more? Start serving in the church. It's not complicated. Just show up more and start, just start serving. Just say, I'm going to give another hour to God whether it's serving the children's ministry, youth ministry, greeter, parking attendant, whatever it is that you serve, just begin to give your time to God, and God will bless that. Over and over again, we see the Lord do that. In fact, we have an opportunity. You can actually sign up today if you want. There's a form in your bulletin to sign up for. I want to point out one specific thing that we are really in need of. You're like, I want to really help out. What does the church need? Here's one thing we really need right now across all of our campuses. We need life group leaders. We have a lot of life groups. We have over 200 groups that meet all across South Texas, but we need more life group leaders. So I want to challenge you to become a leader. Maybe you've already gone to a group, but you know you could lead a group. I want to challenge you to do that. Uh, you don't necessarily have to open your home. It could be in someone else's home. You can open your home if you want, but you can also, you know, meet in someone else's home. You don't even have to have a home. We have people that meet at, you know, at their favorite restaurant. People meet in the back rooms. People, you know, there's men's groups that meet in the morning and just have coffee and eggs and bacon and talk. And, you know, I always think that Jesus is much more closer to me when I have bacon in my mouth. So whatever works for you. <laughs> the point is, is that we have all kinds of groups and you can start a group, uh, whether that's as an individual or as a couple. I want to encourage you to do that. In fact, today after the service at all campuses, we're going to ask if you want to be a life group leader to go back to the Get Connected booth and, and, or find your campus pastor and say, I want to do that. We want to meet with you right after the service to get you plugged in and, and give you a bit of training so you know what's coming up. And then we're going to help you. And then we'll help fill your group with people. And so but if you say, you know what, I can do that. Maybe you say, I'm not a good teacher. We're not looking for teachers. 
You say, I haven't walked with the Lord for long. All you need to do is be a Christian. You don't have to be some super deep Christian and know the Word of God and be able to teach it. These aren't teachers we're looking for. We're looking for people who just love people. And what they normally do is they get together, and there's a, normally a bag of chips and a couple two liters of whatever, and it's just real casual, and people are having a Dr. Pepper and some chips and a little plate of snacks that people just bring. And then we just talk about how's your week going and what you learned last week in service. And people bring their notes from church and talk about, man, this one really hit me. And they circle, what does that mean for you? And they talk about and then they'll pray. And then if, if someone wants to pray, they can't. If they don't, it's okay too. You don't have to. And then your group's done. 30, 35 minutes, you're done. And so it's powerful. I don't have time. Well, some of them meet every other week. You only have to meet every week. So you can do this. You want to be a life group leader, please sign up today. We'd love to have you do that. Stay after church right after the service. We have a quick meeting. Five minutes is all we need from you. And if you're at the broadcast, go upstairs. If not, uh, whatever campus you're at, go find your campus pastor. But either way, I want to challenge you to begin to serve and to make an impact. Last thing I want to say is this. Everyone talks about having an exceptional life. Everybody wants a great marriage a great career. Every Christian I know would say, I want to be close to God. But all of those had the same ingredient. The secret ingredient is always sacrifice. Churches that are great, that impact the world, have people that believe in the vision enough to sacrifice for it. Will you be that church? Will you be those people? Will you sacrifice? That's what makes churches powerful. That's what's helped us change the world. When we first gathered with four people in my living room of a one-bedroom apartment when I was 25 years old, when I first moved to town, didn't know a single person here, just found four or five people off the street to come meet. I said, one day, this will be a church of thousands. They looked at me like I was crazy, but then we all began to serve. And now I look 19 years later, 11 campuses, 11,000 people. God's a good God. He's a good God. Built on the back of service. Service and sacrifice. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We just take a moment to pray. Maybe you came today because your marriage is hurting and maybe God's speaking loud and clear saying, it's time to serve her. Time to serve him. Maybe you feel so disconnected at work. Time to start serving people instead of talking bad about them. Maybe you feel like you just feel distant from God. Time to start serving in the house of God. Show up more. Get involved. You'll discover most of Christianity is not taught, it's caught. Just being around people that are trying to serve the Lord, you'll grow in your faith. Maybe God's saying to you today, you want to know me, you want to walk with me? Walk like my son did, like Jesus. He didn't come to serve, he, came to be, he didn't come to be served, he came to serve. He laid down his life. He sacrificed literally his body. He was a living sacrifice. He died for us so that we may live for him. I want to challenge you, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, to become a mini Mother Teresa. Why was she so amazing? She served. She sacrificed. She gave. And if you'll do that, you'll have that kind of respect from your family and your friends. You'll have that kind of impact on this generation and the next if you'll become a sacrificer. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge of this message. Thank you that we're the kind of church that can take this kind of challenge and step up to the plate with it, Father. I pray that we'd be your people. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can pray and receive Christ right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. You can follow along with us and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Would you pray this prayer with me? You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. Thank you that you sacrificed your life 
to pay the price for my sins and that you rose again. Please come in my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. In God good, His word is so true.